Thanks to Cry Malt, the grain of truth in every beer, this is Beer is a Conversation, the conversation behind every beer. I'm Brews News Editor, Matt Kirkegaard. This week, we have a special edition of Beer is a Conversation featuring BrewDog co-founder Martin Dickey. BrewDog is an interesting case. Makers of undeniably good beer, they are unquestionably savvy business people and hype-generating geniuses. They've also secured almost £70 million, that's almost $128 million to you and me, from more than 107,000 investors around the world in a way that enables them to avoid the same level of scrutiny that privately listed companies face. They've also received considerable support from the Queensland Government to set up their operations in Australia in competition with locally grown and funded businesses that to date have not received the same level of support. As such, their business and their public statements warrant a level of attention that your average brew pub probably doesn't. Regular listeners will know that I've been watching with interest as BrewDog announced its plans for an Australian brewery and have asked questions as the timelines dragged out and the plans have changed. It's been frustrating that the radically transparent BrewDog has tended not to respond to inquiries or given answers that weren't quite right, both to myself and seemingly to the Queensland Government as well. It has been frustrating that the radically transparent BrewDog has tended not to respond to inquiries or has given answers that weren't quite right, both to myself and seemingly to the Queensland Government about the project, as well as giving demonstrably incorrect information to equity punks in briefings. But this week, I got to ask Martin about all that and more over a beer, and you get to sit in and listen as I do. We discuss BrewDog Brisbane and their plans for Australia, but also look at the challenges of growing a punk brand to scale globally while keeping its relevance as it goes increasingly mainstream. I ask about its plans for the future, including looking towards an IPO and public listing and the valuation placed on BrewDog. Martin is a nice bloke and good company, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Martin Dickey, welcome back to Brisbane and welcome back to Radio Brews News. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> now, uh, mate, 18 months goes very, very quickly uh, in, in, in the big world of beer. We, we spoke last uh, 18 months ago when you announced Brisbane as the successful uh, venue. February 18. Yep. yep. And uh, I guess you, you're in uh, Brisbane, you've checked out the site. How are things going? Where are we? Yeah, great. So, yeah, a good good up, update and walk around the site today, so... Uh, in terms of where things are, it, it looks looks pretty good. So the 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 whole skin of the building's uh, up and and you know uh, watertight from the from the ceiling anyway. Um, all the floors and and concrete and finishing off the building will happen uh, during uh, June and July. So by the end of July, the 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 building itself should be complete and and kind of ready to hand back to to us to then fit out with the. The brewing equipment and with the bar, um, so yeah, we're 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 happy with where things are. And uh, we've seen some concept drawings of, of the of the site, and that that looks pretty uh, spectacular. Yeah. Um, one thing I will ask that the uh, concept drawings show a fire pit. Um, we're currently in a Brisbane winter. Um, fire pits aren't something that are, are very traditional in in Brisbane. Is that going to go ahead, or is that was just that uh, early concept? Yeah, it's it's that uh, it's that thing of uh, what I think. Planning for that ten-year cycle, so the, the the one the one time in ten years where it's like <laughs> maybe three degrees outside overnight in in, in Brisbane, we're, we're we're aiming for that. But uh, yeah, I think to your to your point, it's probably uh, 
some of the things that we've put in in other places in in the states, for example, where, where fire pits are a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That maybe maybe it should be an ice pit. <laughs> yeah. Very very much. Or yeah, something along those lines. Uh, yeah. When, when we did speak um, last year, it was uh, early February um, yep. 2018, um, and at that stage, you were hoping to get approvals by around about May and construction starting shortly afterwards with a completion uh, by the end of the year or brewing by January this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're running about 12 months behind that. Um, what, 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 what's uh, been the, the, the source of the delays? Um, I, th- I think when, you, when, when we sort of look at it in, a, in the context of, of big brewery projects, which, which we've, we've done, you know, things that are coming out from the ground. So, uh, you know, we've done two in Scotland like that, one in Columbus, and, and this is our, our our fourth one in in Brisbane. And you know, generally they, they they've taken us um, you know eighteen months to twenty four months to to completion. Um, so we're we're currently fifteen months through the cycle, and uh, you know everything's you know looking good and, and on track. And you know, saw some of the equipment in manufacture, and uh, saw the brewery today. And and you know, our, our target is that everything will be up and operational by by the end of this year. Uh, with, with, with beer out the door and, a, and an awesome tap room. You say that uh, most of the breweries take 18 months to 24 months. Um, were you a little bit uh, optimistic when, uh, I think last May, you announced that construction was about to start and it was six months before we saw even the, the, the groundbreaking. So is that typical brew dog hubris or was it...? Yeah, I mean, like how, how we like to do everything, it's in... Uh, dog years as we, we like to say so you know every, everything should be done yesterday which you know and 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 the on the whole is, is is pretty much impossible but you know when you when when we think of it in terms of the projects we've done to date then you know it sits perfectly in that cycle and uh, it's definitely not going to be you know one that that's going over a, a reasonable time frame for sure but uh, what have been the holdups you've obviously had a lot of support from the Queensland and state government um, you had planning approval uh, you know almost well in fact a year ago um what, what was was there anything from your end or was it from the government end that saw the the, the pro- project slow down a little bit yeah I, I don't think so um you know in terms of of how projects have gone in the past you, you know it, it, it's that thing of it always seems to take a, a hell of a long time for before things come out of the ground but as soon as they do then you know everything's running pretty quickly mm-hmm. so you know the the skin of the building went up um but that had been about three and a half uh, four months ago and you know now it'll be completed by the end of the year so yeah we're, we're happy with with where things are and, and in the scheme of our our projects that we've done in the past it, it, it fits in pretty well so it wasn't uh, a marshalling of resources or a readjustment of re- resources because i think when the last equity for punks closed the one before the last one uh, australia was a stretch target that if you got to you know, 50 million, 5 million was going to be allocated to expediting the, the Brisbane Brew House. I think you got to 26 million and we were down on the lower end. It wasn't a matter of resources or anything along those lines? No. Um, I mean, in terms of our project list, our project list is always is long, but in terms of our, our big projects that we've been working on, then, you, know, uh, you know, in the last 24 months, you know, America was a big thing, making sure that that was uh, up and running smoothly and, it, you know, it's doing great. You know, we've got the the hotel there as well, which is a, a great asset to add into the American site. So we've got a real sort of Disneyland for beer on the site in, in Columbus, and um, you know the Australian brewery's been been ticking on. You know, there's there's a hell of a lot of 
you know detail needs to go into all these things with with the with the planning and with the builders and uh, with the construction side. So you know, it, I think it's uh, like 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 I said, you know, it fits in with a, a a decent timeline on a on a big construction site, which is which is what this is. So uh, yeah, we're happy with the way it is. Will you be a little bit less? Um Optimistic in your if you build a, your next brewery in terms of uh, the, the timescales where you've learned from this project and uh I mean I think every time we talk about something we're going to be super ambitious in terms of any time frame you know that's just how how we work uh, as a company so um, yeah the next time um, we always try and, and push things as, as as fast as we can and as hard as we can and and uh, that's just like how James and myself are so yeah, <laughs> it'll stay like that. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you, you've said that you've seen the um, stainless. Uh, being fabricated. You announced at the uh, annual general meeting or annual general mayhem um, that you've scaled back from 50 to 25 hectolitres. Tell us a little bit about uh, what the thinking was there. Yeah, so the, the, the whole thinking with, with um, changing the brew house from 50 to 25 is to get the, the flexibility that we need for, for, for really nailing uh, something special in, in this market. And that's you know, when we have the initial dog tap and then, you know, hopefully in the not too distant future, a few other bars around uh, Australia as well, is being able to to have that um, diverse portfolio of, of specials and of one-offs. Um, and, and, you know, the scale of, of 25 hectolitres is, is a lot better for those for those unique beers. Um, at the same time, that, that brew house can rip out a whole load of beer for, for Punk IPA and, and uh, you know, Lost Lager, Dead Pony Club for, for selling in the, in the off-trade as well in cans. Uh, so what what it basically means is that we can uh, produce, I guess, a lot more diverse portfolio for for our bars, which is which is really important for us. So in terms of uh, we get a lot of uh, aspiring brewery owners uh, listening to the podcast. In terms of the nuts and bolts, um, I, I think you typically have gone with German equipment in in the past. Have you stuck with Rolex? I think Rolex has been your previous. I mean, we've we've used all, all sorts to be honest. I mean, the the first brew house we ever had was was. Uh, was pretty much welded together from from a, a, a blacksmith who usually puts horses and uh, shoes on horses. Uh, You've come to, a long way since then, though. To, to, to where we are in in the last while, where you know it's been a mixture of uh, of Italian manufacturers, German manufacturers, American manufacturers, Canadian manufacturers, uh, and, and then Chinese uh, more recently. Uh, and what we found in in the last period is that that uh, some of the Especially for the Australian market, then China is a lot closer to uh, Australia than, than Germany or, or America, um, or I guess I don't know. It depends which way around the world you go for America. <laughs> but, um, and and a lot of the guys that we use in Germany are now have uh, Chinese um, subsidiaries or, or are owned by Chinese companies now. So that, like the standard of manufacturing in some of these places is incredible. So I was, went through um, Ningbo on the way to Australia just now to, to, to get an update on where our tanks are. And it's like one of the most impressive tank manufacturing facilities I've, I've, I've seen and I've, I've uh, fortunately or unfortunately seen a hell of a lot of factories that make tanks. Yep, so, so it's a proprietary Chinese, it's not a like a... Um uh, you've got Premier Stainless, for example, which is a San Diego base, but they get a lot of their stuff made in uh, China to their specifications. You, you, that's not the route you've gone. You've gone for a Chinese manufacturer for a Chinese brew house. Yeah, so the, the company's called Lukwei uh, uh, that, that we're working for, uh, working with in this project. So we've done some tanks uh, uh, in the U, in the UK uh, with those guys, and, and this is this will be our first, um, I guess, 
international project for us working with them mm -hmm. um, but they're they're super excited to be our, our partner for this this project uh, and we'll be turnkey from um, you know uh, brew house all the way through to packaging as well mm -hmm. so and so this is the first time you've worked with the Chinese manufacturers we've done some tanks before okay. but first time for yep. a, a turnkey operation but for those guys you know the, um, what what really sold us on them was that that they uh, you know their their reference book is incredible so you know they work with um, any of the big macro breweries, you know, Heineken, IB, ABI, uh, Coca-Cola. So in terms of, of, of uh, quality and execution, you have to be super high up to be able to work with uh, uh, companies of that mm -hmm. standard. So, yep. you know, you can tell uh, straight away, you know, you go around and see their workshop and how they operate in terms of um, cleanliness and safety, that, that they really are uh, an incredible uh, tank manufacturer. So we're, we're excited to, to, to work with them for sure. So at this stage, we're expecting uh, first beers poured January 2020 or no, this end year. of this year? End, this year. end of yeah. this year? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll look forward to, uh, to, to trying those. Yes, all I. And uh, now, um, a couple of other things uh, following on from the uh, Australian Brew House. Um, have, have you been looking, are you going to have uh, staff based here? Um, I think Tanisha was recently named as global disruptor um, with responsibility for, for Australia. Will we see her down here to oversee things? No. Okay. So in terms of uh, our, our staff for the Australian brewery, we're, we're currently looking for a few key people and, and you know, hopefully we'll get um, those uh, in position uh, by, you know, by the end of, of August. Uh, roughly the time that we're taking over the the brewery and starting to fit it out and, 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 and gear it up for our, for ourselves. Um, so currently looking for that head of production piece, that's a wider supply chain, and, and, you know, including sales as well. So those are the kind of two key key people that we're looking for at present. And they've been advertised because I know a lot of people listening to this will be interested in throwing their hat in the ring. Uh, I imagine they've been advertised. I, I interviewed a couple of people uh, yesterday, so there's, okay. there's, there's some communication somewhere. Yep, maybe they're uh, from the, the, the last time I was advertised. So, uh, so you're going to do a head of production. You're not looking at uh, sales staff yet. That'll be a little bit later on. Yeah, I mean, we need to get the installation done. But um, as soon as that's starting, then um, you know we're looking for a, a, an incredible head of production that'll have a you know a good database of, of incredible brewers that, uh, that 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 they can work with. You know, that's the key for us is someone that kind of really knows the Australian market mm -hmm. um, and, and be able to get get uh, contact with, with with some great people to make beer with us. And then you know once once we get into the swing of things and the key for us is always as a company to you know to be able to attract uh, super local people that maybe have never worked in the beer industry before, and then start to train you know people up because that's it's the best way for getting that kind of long term retention in, in, in the company. Is, again, is that a little bit of a change in focus? Because you obviously had a team of uh, three down here with Zara. Um, you, you had a marketing communications manager, and then you had a, a sales manager down here. Um, they also have moved on to other things at the end of last year putting on a head of production first without those roles is that uh, a, a change of thinking no it's it's along the same time as the the supply chain salesperson so um you know it's it's getting it's it's the two hand in hand and and they, we need the the production person for the installation of all the equipment so you know it's it's critical that we have that in place for for the lead up into into production start Okay. The tap room will obviously open at the same time as a brewery. Uh, earlier, I think late last year, you started to communicate to Australians, help us find a venue for our uh, brew, brew dog bars. 
How's that gone? Did you source any uh, good locations, or are you still on the hunt for? Yes, still on the hunt. Um, you know, I think there's there was some some good things uh, went into the went into the ring, but you know, the the key for us right now is just getting the the the, the dog tap open. You know, the the, the tap room at the brewery. Um, so that that'll be our you know our, our beacon at the start. But we, we really want to get another uh, another pub in, in in town in Brisbane and then you in, know, in Brisbane, okay. Yeah, and then a, and then a couple in some some cities not too far away as well. But you haven't sort of moved further down. You haven't isolated uh, or identified any key areas yet. Nothing locked down hard. No. Okay, it's a big question. So you're opening your third brewery. You've, you've got Ellen, you've got uh, Columbus, and you've it'll be Australia. Well, we've got uh, Germany now also. Oh, Germany, of course. Sorry, so fourth. Um, uh, you've got something like 75 Brewdog. 88 Brewdog bars and two brew pubs. One in Itawan, South Korea, and one in uh, ah, okay. London. And then also one opening soon in Manchester. So how do you go about, uh, when, when you've got a brand that's based on being punk, how do you scale that and keep stay relevant and stay you know keep that punk ethos? Yeah, I mean, that's... that's one of the the hardest jobs that that uh, James and myself has is ensuring that the culture and the team is 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 as tight as it needs to be. You know, we've over uh, sort of fourteen, fifteen hundred staff now um, across the across the world, and um, you know everything falls back on our on our, on the quality of people we have in our team. Uh, so it's super important, and that's you know for that's why you know we're, we are taking our time to find the right people to come into. The key roles in in Brisbane, and uh, and that's why it's it's super important that 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 those are the key people that you know understand what the company is about, understand um, the importance of for us the, the two main things are, are are our beer and our and our people, and you know they need to get that and be able to be able to translate that through their their team that they'll be building as well. It's easy to say. I mean, I can't think of too many breweries that wouldn't say their beer and their people are critical to to, to what they do. A, a third major element of Brewdog success has been its attitude, like its its uh, brand and its the, the way that it's gone about doing business. Um, you can scale. You know, a lot of business has managed to become international scaling people. Um, you can make beer anywhere so long as you've got the production quality. But how does a brand like Brewdog, um, which is punk outside, how does that scale and stay relevant once you become increasingly mainstream? Firstly, I would say it's 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 not easy to focus just on beer and people across the globe. You know, it, it really, I, I don't say it's easy, it, but it, other yeah, businesses it, have. It really yeah. is difficult to do that, and especially the, the the beer quality piece as well. You know, when when you are operating different facilities, then you know a, a hell of a lot of focus has to go on on those things, and and to get your your team, you know, to to believe, to care, and and to you know sweat day in day out to make incredible beer is 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 very hard to do um and then in terms of the 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 brewery you know our 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 whole focus when we set up the company was to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are as we are uh, and and that's what we strive to do you know day in day out and and that's focusing not only on 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 um on, on innovation, on on flavour development, on, on quality is a huge focus that we have in our internal quality parameters, um, but also on, on continuing pushing that 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 boundary of, of where craft beer is because you know as as you know for us it's uh, 12 years that we've been 
talking about beer and, and trying to promote beer. You know, in the States, it's more like 30 years that they've been doing it for. And, it, and it's super important that we always come back to that piece of it's still such a small percentage of the beer market. And it's so important that we're constantly spreading that message to people that, that have never heard of Brewdog before, have, have maybe never heard of craft beer before. Um, so just getting that relentless message and, and, and tone that you know there is an alternative to, to, to mass beer. There is an incredible group of, of people around the world that, that their sole focus is on making you know great beer day in, day out. And, and you know, it doesn't matter the, the cost of their goods. They're constantly seeking out best ingredients, new ideas, new focuses. And that, for me, is the, the, the real beauty of what, what, what craft beer is and independent craft beer and, and why we're so excited about coming to, to Brisbane because, you know, if you look in the last couple of months, the incredible feats that, that Queensland breweries have done in, in the Great Australian um, you know, Beer Awards with, with you know, Black Cops, with, with, with Balter, with uh, Green Beacon, you know, these are incredible breweries that are that are in the state, and, and we want to come here and, and 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 belong to that amazing craft beer community. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. And I, you know, wasn't for a minute uh, suggesting that making beer is easy, um, and scaling it is isn't easy. But there are a lot of breweries. Um, you know, even if you do point to the Heineken's and things, it's not necessarily the most adventurous beer. But in terms of production quality and consistency globally, they've managed to. Um, do that worldwide I think the hard thing the, the, the question I was asking was how easy is it to scale the punk brand um, people um, and beer quality are challenging but others have done those sorts of things but something that is inherently outsider um, how do you scale that and keep it edgy as you become increasingly um, yeah, I mean, mainstream I think, I in the beer world I think it's, it's, it's edgy to an extent but it's more community as well you know it's it's for, for us when we started our, our brewery um you know we wanted to disrupt the uk beer scene and we, we wanted to, to disrupt it with great beer uh have a company that we're super proud of and build a community of people of, of like-minded individuals and you know that's what we're trying to do uh, whether it's in columbus ohio whether it's you know now in in berlin um whether it's in in uh in Seoul, in in in, in one or or whether you know it's now here in, in, in Brisbane, and and you know as long as we stay true to you know those kind of three four beliefs, then you know I think that's that's staying true to to why we started the company, and that's what. Uh, we sorry, what beliefs for. were they? Good beer, good people, and, and community, community as well. So it's like like-minded people that that want something better, you know, out of out of life. You know, it shouldn't just be, and and you know once you, once you start thinking about. Um, about your life in that way then it, it changes the whole way that you think you know in terms of you know why, why should you always be um following the, the the same shit that you're blasted with 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 uh you know advertising or what down the high street and it's it's the same the same brands and 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 it's and it's always lowest common denominator that they're selling the, the people or the people that run these companies don't care about the quality of the product that they're selling. They care about. The I, 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 I think that's a bit of a trope. I think that's a bit of a craft beer trope. I think they care about the quality of the product that they're selling, but they, Do they? just. So I, if you if you if you take um, I don't know t- let's take McDonald's. 
They absolutely do whoever. care. It, 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 it's a shitty average product. I'll, I'll say that. But so, I, if it's, so if it's a shitty average product, which part are they trying to make the best product that they can for their consumer? In, in terms of a food science thing, getting an absolutely standardised bun, getting an absolutely standardised burger, all of those sorts of things. So it's making the most mediocre, mediocre product that they possibly can. But, which, but, but that's a challenge. Which, that, which is the there are a lot of businesses that have failed. That's, that's the difference between what we're trying to do and what these producers of, of craft and of, of individuality around the whole world are. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to make the most mediocre product for the most mediocre audience. We're trying to make the best product that we possibly can for, for the people. And, and, and but so are they. But no, they're, they're not. But, but no, but they're not making the best but, product but that they possibly can. But their object, but their, their um, objective is to get a return for their shareholders. But at, so is at, yours. No, it's not. Our, of course it is. Our objective is to make the best beer that we possibly can. And if we stay true to that belief, then at one point, if we, you know, if we IPO and, we, and we're able to, to put dividend back to our shareholders, which we've never done as a company, so if we, at one time if we ever do that and we're able to make a, a, you know, a nice profitable company that can make a return to their shareholders... Well, you have given a dividend to your shareholders. Um, Griffin Partners got a nice dividend when... Uh, TSG came in. It wasn't you a dividend, that was selling their shares. They were selling the share. Well, that was That's a nice return on a $600,000 investment. Yeah, but so that, 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 isn't, that isn't a dividend on their investment. It's a return on the investment. That, that, we, we can argue about whether it was a dividend or a return. Well, but it's a sale of their, it was hmm, a sale of their shares. At a very healthy profit. Yes, because, because we've stayed true to our beliefs and we've worked hard and we've grown the company to where it is today. And at that point, uh, any of our shareholders could also s- sell the same percentage of their stock. And what we're trying to do is, is focus on that pure belief in what we do. And it's the same for our brewery. It's the same for our, our bars. It's the same for our distillery. It's the same for our, our sour brewery. We're, we're trying to work as a team to make the best products that we can for the people in our community and the wider uh, beer community because that's what we believe in as a company. So as, as you grow... And it's, um, not, it's not lowest common denominator... I'm not, no, I'm not suggesting it is, but standards of quality are very much subjective based on where you want to be in the marketplace. And you guys, you, you, you are disruptors, you are pushing flavour boundaries, but that in itself, and uh, which uh, we'll sort of move on to the, to the next area, is do you think that there is a limit to the market for incredibly f- flavour-forward beers um, for, for the challenging hop beers? I think there's, there's probably two points to that question. I think there's definitely a, a, a group of people that, that are constantly um, ambitious in their, in their thought and, and thirst for, for new flavour and new understanding. Um, and at the same time, it's important, I think, for us as a, a company that can that can broaden the appeal of craft beer, that we also have the gateway beers for people to get in uh, and try something that's different for them, uh, that allows them to then get on that that stepping stone of, of incredible beer. And uh, you know, just to go back to a, a point I, w- I was saying before about that that uh, like-minded change, it like it can make such a difference to people's lives. And and you know, I've met a lot of our uh, people at a lot of different events and, and you get people that say that tasting something like a craft beer changes their life completely and, it, and it's that awa- awa- one of those. it's that awakening from from actually everything doesn't have to be mainstream and, and whether it's you know whether it's coffee or whether it's um, beer or whether it's wine or whether it's spirits or it's it's that difference of clothing shoes whatever it's like the, the people that actually give a shit about what they're doing and really want to make it the best experience you know it might just be 
whatever. Uh, you know, I was in uh, Tokyo a couple of days ago. So I was in a, a tiny little ramen restaurant, and and for um, you know nine bucks, I got a, a bowl of ramen and a and a beer, and and this is like a, a two Michelin star ramen restaurant that, that they focus so much and, and they're making a, a very simple product so it's noodles it's some broth and a few other ingredients so it's not expensive and, and they're not trying to extort people but what they do is they focus on one very simple thing and they make it the absolute best that they can and it's those little experiences that make life super exciting absolutely and i, I can't agree with you more but do those super little experiences scale could that ramen restaurant scale and not become McDonald's. Look at Sierra Nevada. You know, they're, for me, the perfect example of a brewery that started uh, 30 years ago, or, or, or more than 30 years ago now, with, a, again, a very simple ambition to make, make great beer, make it in a very um, pure and, and you know, dedicated fashion. And they've, they've grown to you know, over a million uh, barrels of production in, in the U.S., with two incredible facilities, one in in, um, in Mills River and one in, in Chico, and and every time I visit either of those places, I, I get absolutely you know dumbstruck with with how incredible that that singular focus and ambition is. And and you know they're over a million barrels, so they make a hell of a lot of beer, but they do it to the the way that they feel uh, and is their beer philosophy, and and they won't waver from that. They they won't say actually this year we could save twenty five percent on our hops if we do it a different way it's, it's like a, the, the cost is the cost um, but we believe our customers love this beer and we want to continue making it this this beer this way and no matter what that that's our philosophy and, and absolutely and, 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 and that that for me is is that uh, beauty of 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 being able to scale and the thing you do get with scale is is also um you know, a few luxuries that, that perhaps some smaller companies don't have. So, you know, we can go to Yakima and we can select our hops uh, from the picking window that we want, the kiln temperature that you that you want, and, and make sure that it's absolutely perfect for our beer. And that comes with, you know, purely because we're, um, you know, a reasonably sized craft player now. And, and the the time and dedication that we, that we give back to the hop industry and the hop farmers in terms of the... the um, you know the the systems we have in our laboratory in in Scotland, where we have su- you know super um, su- su- super kind of slightly crazy equipment, where we can measure uh, sulfur compounds to parts per trillion, uh, which a lot of the hop farms definitely don't have. So we can help them help or help us help them uh, allow them to be kind of better and more informed, which then in terms allows us to make better beer. And it's that kind of collaboration that, that I love about our uh, industry. Uh, absolutely, but I, I think you raised um, Sierra Nevada in terms of the scale that they've reached, and they absolutely have. And um, there, there are two things about that. One, I would argue that they've got probably a more approachable brand and a less antagonistic brand than Brewdog has set itself out as being. Um, they've never seen themselves as a disruptor um, in, in the same way, they've sort of been much more a part of a wider community than potentially Brewdog has been. Um, and secondly, they've over the last three or four years, they have been hitting up against a glass ceiling. They have had to really look at their business model to. It's not seen any compromise of product, but they have. You know, breweries are in in the US 
are struggling to find growth. We've seen Stone, quite apart from uh, Berlin, they've uh, lost volume in in Australia, in in, um, in the US, New Belgium. Uh, most of the big breweries have struggled once they get to a certain size to keep going. Um, and again, I would come back to I think they've got a much more accessible brand than perhaps Brewdog has because they're not as in your face. Um, and which is why I'm sort of interested in how do you see the path forward for Brewdog to skirt some of the issues that they've had um, with much more approachable uh, branding offers? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure in which part we're, you know, we're in people's face. We're, we're, we're definitely in, in the case of wanting people to try, you know, better beer, mm. uh, which, which is, you know, our... Um, push in terms of, of, of trying to attract people in, into the craft beer space but you know I, I, you know we've got over a hundred thousand shareholders which you know it, I, I think they are able to translate with with what we want to do as a business and it comes back to those core principles so but again and, and I mean that's a good example you've had uh, equity for punks open for six seven weeks now. Yeah, guess so. And and the number is in the thousands um, for equity for Punk Six. So that seems to even at the the, the price, the twenty five pounds, um, that seems to be tapering off. Um, so the growth doesn't seem you know they, they, that community doesn't seem to be growing as quickly as it did, you know, five or six years ago. Um, I, I mean, I think I would disagree. I mean, the, the daily acceptance rate on on, uh, on on shares is is higher than it was in the previous round. Um, you know the 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 first week um, wasn't as big as last time, but mm. in terms of the the, the run rate, it's it's, it's great. And You're also offering a million pounds as a prize money, so you, you've you've had to. It's not just come invest in us, we're Brewdog. You've had to offer some pretty juicy incentives to keep that same level I mean, of it's, engagement. It's, some, it's something that James and myself love doing is is having those those kind of fun things that that. Uh, that are able to spark people's interest. You know, um, we've, we we did one in the last Equity Punks, which we weren't allowed to do for for legal reasons. But uh, you know, um, you know, as as part of what we like to do, it's always something that's a little got a little bit of a uh, a shock about it as well because we love we love doing those types of things. But even that, like when you say, I, I can't see Sierra Nevada saying too many times oh well we wanted to do this but we couldn't do it for legal reasons you know Sierra Nevada hasn't had too many run-ins with the TTB the way you've had with the Portman group um, Sierra Nevada hasn't been you know hasn't had the the, the dramas you've had um, just even this year about uh, you know uh, copyright um, issues or you know people sort of saying you've uh, pinched their ideas and w- w- without commenting on the validity of any of those claims Brewdog seems to constantly caught uh, controversy that other breweries don't have and that's when I say that it's a it's, it's a brand that's potentially antagonistic or is a potentially you know it, it, it is that self-limiting as you get bigger can you continue to have those sorts of controversies without harming the business growth they, they were great when you launched but uh, you know do, do, do those things scale and does that um, approach scale as you get bigger yeah, I mean, I think some some of those things are 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 not uh, f- f- from our side and gone out. You know, it's coming from the other way. So, in, you know, in terms of where we are as a company, then you know, we're 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 focused on on what we're looking at, and and uh, you know, it comes comes back to, to to those core values. So, you know, 
But again, like I'm not accusing you of anything, but I'm just sort of saying that Sierra Nevada has grown and they haven't had. You but, know, but but maybe the you know the, the the maybe they never have had the same um, you know social social media presence that the Brewdog have had because you know they kind of started off twenty years before us, and you know maybe we're just in that uh, period where where social media is much much more of a thing and and. Uh, but uh, well, the, the, yeah. The, 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 you know. The, um, but also speaking to a lot of breweries, they lock down their social media to avoid exactly those con- controversies because they know that that is a barrier to to their growth. Because that's great when you're in the uh, sort of in that edgy young phase, but which is I guess really the, the nub of my question: Can you keep going with that edgy social media and have the scale of growth that you've had, or is that self-limiting? It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Okay. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. We'll yeah. uh, sort of chat when we uh, uh, probably December when you open the brewery will be yeah, yeah. Uh, too, too early. Yeah. Um, and, and when those things happen, you, you've obviously had a significant investment from um, TSG Partners, which, <laughs> again, when you sort of go back to the Equity for Punks 3 um, documents, uh, you very proudly said, we don't have uh, fat cats, we don't have uh, um, equity investors, we don't, we, we don't have... Um, uh, it wasn't private equity, but it was venture capitalists and things like that. Would your growth recently have been possible without um, TSG partners? And is, is that a change in values from, uh, what, five years ago when Equity for Punk 3 came out and you said that that wasn't something that you had? No, I think in terms of, of you know, our ambition and um, you know, being able to... Um, I guess maximise opportunity, and, and in terms of the speed of the growth of the company, you know, as a fast-growing company, we, we burn through capital. You know, there's there's no other way. You can't build a, a brewery in the states. You can't get a brewery in, in Berlin. You can't build a brewery in in, um, in 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 Brisbane. You can't open 88 bars without uh, heavy capital. So so we need that capital to be able to grow, and and it's just fi- for us finding that balance of of EFP money, which is great. Um, you know, it adds great um, capital into the business, but you know, I think probably even more importantly for us, it builds that community piece. And um, you know, the money from 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 TSG is is purely uh, working capital, and you know, you know when you go into that, what the terms and conditions are. Yep. Uh, so so you're not going in there uh, blind, and and we need that 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 money to allow us to, to grow and they're you know a great partner for us they're they're fully bought in in, in what we do and and they love they love the business they love the beer and, and that's a, a, a great partnership for us but isn't that what every brewery that uh has taken on investment in whatever form w- w- would say that we needed the money for growth and when you uh launch uh, equity for punks campaign saying we don't have fat cats we don't have uh isn't that a slap in the face to everybody else and then a an about face when you suddenly take it on yourselves. I don't. Th- I don't think so. You know, the, the the scale of that investment gives us the potential to, to take what we're doing to um, a, gl- a global market. Absolutely. Um, no, I, 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 I'm I not coupling with any of that. You know, but I, th- I think we have a isn't very. A, isn't that an about face? Isn't that a a realization or a practical acknowledgement that equity crowdfunding, as Martin Cornell said, can only get you so far. And as a business to grow, you either need to deal with the bank or you need to deal with the man. I think I think you're you're dealing with with all of them. You know, we've got um, you know 
we work with banks heavily, and we have you know bank funding. We've got our EFP community, which which you know we've we've done better than 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 any other business in terms of building that community, and that's a great staple for us. And then we've got the um, investment from from TSG as well, and I think getting the the mix. Uh, and, and, and no matter what we do as a, as a company, if, if we have the ambition for growth, we, we need that, that, that money. And it's just finding you know, how, how you uh, balance all, all, all of these things up together and, and get to a place where the company can, can, can facilitate the, the growth it needs to do, but still retain, which I think is the most important part, the, the integrity which is doing it, the way the business is run. We're, you know, we're not being, being told to do anything. It's, yep. it's run by James and myself and our, and our senior management team. And that's, that's really important and that's you know that's how we want to run our company and that's how we're able to to do what we're doing at the moment and, and i don't think anyone uh, anyone in business would criticize you for funding your, your growth i guess it's just uh when at one point of time you say we don't have this level of investment as if it is a a negative to do it and then take that on is that uh, a maturing of the business is it a change of mindset is it a you know because you, you very clearly came out and said that these were things that were important to us not to have as our business at one certain stage and now you're still saying well we want to grow does that represent a maturing or a change of change of attitude to, to, towards some of those funding I mean, sources? I, th- I think if anything it's, it comes back to maybe the aggression that we have as a business is that we're hungry and we want to you know we're, we're, we're only going to live once and we want to do whatever the hell we can to, to fulfill our mission which is to make as many people around the world as passionate about beer as we are and you know we can't we can't do that without the, the proper the, the, the proper uh, capital requirements that we need to do that. And we're, we're not going to turn around in 20 years and say, actually, we, I really wish we'd, we'd taken on a little bit of extra funding at that point to allow us to fulfill our potential. And, um, you know, as a, a business, we, we, we discuss it uh, a lot as a senior team. And, and, you know, you've seen how other breweries have, have gone about it, where they take the strategic option and and then within four years it's no longer under under their control and, yep. and then it's no longer their business so um, I think for us we want to remain independent and we want to push hard and we want to really you know do what we can in terms of of global craft beer uh, and, and have as many cool little brewery spots around the world as possible making fantastic uh, super fresh you know hoppy beers for for people in each of those countries and uh, just uh, just to finish that train of thought and we'll uh, finish up then you said you wanted to remain independent but you also very early in the interview talked about potentially having a IPO or or listing at some stage do you have any time frame at this stage for that no we don't have a time frame but it's it's definitely something that we're we're looking at and it's something we've always said to our investment uh, investors our equity punks is that at one point they'll be able to have that liquidity for their shares Uh, and it's just part of that again that growth and capital requirement that you know going forward and we want to remain uh, you know aggressive in our growth then at at one point we're going to need you know more capital and that's when 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 IPO comes into that with uh, TSG, I believe that their shares entitle them to an 18% compounded return if there is a um, sale. How much pressure does that put on you then to maintain really rapid growth? Um, so when you do have an IPO, you get the value because an 18% compounding interest is a phenomenal return for them, but at the same time, it's a it's a fairly high level of return for a business to have to. Um, it's almost a ticking time bomb in terms of the value that yeah, you need to unlock it's, for them. It's a, it's a fair point, and in terms of, of how we we felt like that internally, it's like you know if we are not able to outgrow 
that uh, return annually, then we're doing something wrong as a, as a senior team. You know, we don't deserve the right to be heading up BrewDog if we're not able to make that kind of return and, and, and growth for our company. And uh, we won't know that until there's an IPO, um, I, I guess. But um, look, j- just in terms of the, the valuations, and I think um, Ballast Point sold a couple of years ago for a billion US, um, and that was when their volumes were around about 43 million litres. Um, I don't expect you to know that off, offhand, but I no offhand. when I did check the um, uh, in your last annual report, I can't remember how many bottles it was. I think it was like 110 million bottles of beer. And when I sort of calculated that out, that was around about 34 million litres of beer. So it was around three quarters of the um, uh, volume that uh, Ballast Point was doing when they sold for a billion. And there seems to be a uh, fairly widely held view that Ballast Point was grossly overvalued when Constellation Brands bought that. Um, does the billion dollar valuation, is it billion pounds or billion dollars that you guys are currently valued at? From where? With, with the TSG, when the TSG money came in. Uh, uh, billion pounds. Billion pounds. So you, you are currently on that valuation significantly uh, more valuable than Ballast Point was on lower volumes. Um, I, I mean, we, we did uh, half a million hectolitres globally last year. I'm not sure what that is. Versus. So it's 500,000. Okay, so again, I was only going on the um, the, the last published uh, figures you had. So you, you, you're up to higher than Ballast Point, but even so you're... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what Ballast Point's numbers were, but yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I can only... It's 43 million, so that's 430... Yeah. Yeah, 430,000 hectolitres, I think. So, yeah, so, so it sounds like you are now over what they sold for a billion US dollars, but you are significantly above that with the pound conversion um, to, to, to dollars. Is there much pressure on you to keep that valuation going to re- for uh, TSG to get that return? It's not something that I think about very often, so... Um don't know maybe you're better to answer that for us it's just focusing on the projects in hand and uh, that's okay i I, I never have a i I, I wasn't trying to catch you out with that yeah i'm I'm not good at the the numbers side i'm afraid okay (laughs) well you've got people for that well yeah one of the advantages more more clever people for sure (laughs) um so just i can't remember whether i said on off mic or on mic or whether we got an answer will are you looking for having a equity for punks australia um, do, do any uh, anything you can sort of uh, reveal here? Yes, yeah, so, so something we're definitely really excited about, but we want to make sure that the the brewery and the tap rooms all up and running before we before we do that. Okay, um, but it's definitely something that we want to do. You know, hopefully uh, next year. And uh, have you got any Australian beers in in the works, or you'll wait until the brewery's done and then see? Uh well, it's a good. Maybe you can help with this. So if we if we wanted to make a beer specifically for Brisbane, what what should that what should that beer be? Um, that's well. That's a million dollar question, I guess. But you, you've, you're experiencing the height of a Brisbane winter. I think it was 25 degrees today. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So stouts aren't something that are in high demand. Um, I, I, I think that's something along the lines of a nice uh, Berliner Weiss. Um, okay. So nice, challenging Berliner Weiss. Uh, you know, it still has those craft cues, but. It, it, it fits our very sort of subtropical climate. And do you would you put any kind of native fruit into that, or would you just have it as straight Berliner? Uh, look, I I uh, I think there are some really good uh, native fruit, um, like finger lime is, is okay. a, a great native one. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, there, there's some quite good fruits. Or even uh, far north Queensland has, I don't know if anyone's done a Davidson plum. Uh, 
Davidson from? Yeah, so it grows up in the rainforest. It's uh, in it's um, bush tucker uh, for for the Aboriginals, um, okay. for the sort of uh, Indigenous uh, Australians, and yep. it's. Uh, uh, a blood red. Um, it's quite sour, so it would work quite not. Whether I don't know, I'd have to uh, try it in a blender vice to see whether you weren't doubling <laughs> down on the sour. And uh, you know, that's that's something that that uh, you know we're we're probably most excited about is being able to find new things because you know coming from the northeast of Scotland, we're good at raspberries and strawberries and tayberries and whiskey casks. Um, but being able to come, you know, wh- where there's a, an established, uh, incredible hop industry, uh, you know, get immersed in that, um, you're, you're you're making some pretty good whiskey yourselves, and uh, and it uh, apparently it, matures very quickly because of the climate, because yep. it's uh, much warmer here, and that apparently speeds up the maturation process. So, yep. th- so there are cost benefits, and then, and then also some uh, some some wine barrels as well that we're that we'd be really excited to to test out in a beer. We've only ever made two two beers with with wine barrels before and we find that quite difficult because you know getting the the barrels super fresh and getting the beer in there soon was quite difficult in in scotland so uh yeah we're we're excited about the 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 new challenges that will be on our doorstep here in in brisbane and and already finger lime and, and davidson plums are, are high in the list of things to try out <laughs> I, i'll have to I, we might get some emails from uh, brewers of saying they tried it and they didn't work so don't <laughs> I, I don't promise any sort of skill in, in in that area but they are some local uh locally interesting uh veg- an avocado <laughs> avocado yeah <laughs> an avocado toast uh, beer i don't know yeah. that, that seems to go down very well here and our, our avocados are they grown here? Yeah, they are grown here. Yeah, so I don't think they're native. They're certainly not native to here, but they are grown here. So, and is uh, there a big ginger industry, or how does like, uh, just north of Brisbane? Yeah, them? so Butterham uh, is a ginger uh, region, so right. there's a lot of ginger um, sold around here. So yeah, so there's quite a thriving fruit and veg. Um, yeah. you, you'll, you'll have no shortage of uh, possibilities when it comes to it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's exciting to, to to try out for sure. <laughs> So, well, Martin, I've, I've kept uh, taking plenty of your time. Thank you very much for um, reaching out and uh, joining us on Radio Brews News, and all the best for a, uh, uh, a smooth end to the uh, to the Brisbane project. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Matt. And that was Martin Dickey. As always, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about the interview, the questions I asked, and the answers that were given. Get in touch through our Facebook group or email producer at brewsnews.com.au. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. Beer is a conversation.